Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Show with special guests John Cassavetes, Peter Falk, Ben Gazzara, and Bob Rosengarten and the orchestra. Ladies and gentlemen, Dick Cavett. Hi, everybody. Hey. <laughs> hey. Did I throw you off? I said, yeah, hey, I'm, you. I'm sorry. You want to start over? No, I, I'm into that. Oh, I thought okay. it was funny. Oh, yeah. uh, how you doing? Chilling. Are you talking? Wait, are you talking to me or our audience? You, our audience of three. I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm excited. I'm excited about this. Off to a tough start. Yeah. yeah. This. So, what is this, George? What are we doing? So we are, and this kind of goes back to our first episode. Um, We're drinking a little. Where we discussed kind of our initial impetus. <sighs> uh, I'm George Fragopoulos, by the way. Should we do introductions? Yeah, you're George Fragopoulos. I'm Liam Billingham. This is a special. A special, very special uh, holiday. Of Uberbusters. Actually, when this comes out, it will no longer be the When this episode comes out, it'll be 2019. I'll be 36 years old. My birthday is on Thursday. And the world will still be a terrible place. But you will have this podcast to listen to. (laughs) You will have this podcast to listen to. So uh, this goes back to our first episode. It does. Where we briefly discussed how the initial impetus for the show was you watching um, or alerting. Yeah, watching and also telling me about... Cassavetes' appearance with Peter Falk on the Dick Cavett show. show were the act that complete lunatics. Fools. Acted fools. Totally. Um, yeah, it's a pretty amazing uh, little clip. So what we're going to do, or show actually. What we're going to do. So recently, um, I checked the internet for this clip every... What's the internet? I checked the the information superhighway. internet podcast welcome to people, reply all people are confused i check the internet every every uh, few months for this clip it only in, and recently it was on daily motion um but it has reappeared on youtube now of course uh this clip seems to be controlled pretty strongly by the dick cavett uh, media media empire media fascist <laughs> the um but um it's resurfaced so check out the show notes for the link what we recommend you do is we're gonna press play on this thing and well, so yeah, so what we're gonna talk over is a this show. You know how directors do directors' commentary. Totally. This is this like is a us. this is buffoonery. This commentary. is like this is buffo- commentary. Buffoonery. Buffoonery. This is buffoonery. 
Buf- we have to work on that. We have to work on the name. So this is a nice... Buffoon Materi sounds pretty good. So what we're going to do, uh, first of all, George is a little wine. I have a little bourbon. And we're, we've been drinking for how many days? Oh my God. Lost track of time. Oof, I lost my job. George, <laughs> George, I, <laughs> George lost his dignity. Um, and we're going to watch all 40 minutes of this thing and talk our way through it. Yeah. Should we preface it? I think we just did. We so did. this is, again, the three of them uh, to promote husbands going on the Dick Cavett Show. Peter Falk, Ben Gazzara, and John Cassavetes appear on the Dick Cavett Show and to sp- promote... And speaking of uh, promote husbands, and speaking of buffoonery, uh, this is kind of what unfolds. So what we're going to do right now is hit play mm-hmm. on the first clip of the... So if you're keeping track at home... Press play. Press play. Wait for it. Wait for it. And again, these, these clips are on YouTube. Wait, that's not the right one. Wait for it. Here we go. Now. So right now we are looking at the chalkboard? Yeah, so it's the sort of the pre-show announcement. Show 191. Okay, and that, that, that somehow got included. But now we have the wonderful Dick Cavett opening titles. Oh, I miss them so. When did the show air? I mean, like in terms of how long was the Cavett show on? on for, well, okay, I didn't know this was a book report. It was on for a long time. I mean, he's had shows on and off for a while. What I like about the Dick Cavett show that is he's, he's um, still alive. He is still alive, still around. He's uh, featured um, on. I, I've heard a good interview with him on Film Wax Radio, which is another podcast I recommend. And here comes Dick. Hello, Dick. Oh, he looks. Uh, it looks like he's uh, first time on this. Uh, so this soundstage. I think I'm not so sure about that, but what I do like off the gate is you very much get a sense that this is not this is like a very friendly guy, kind of affable. You feel that for, because he just starts goofing off, and he's very good at playing, playing like the clever fool. Totally, like he's kind of a buffoon, but he's also quite clever. Yes, the uh, the thinking man's buffoon. I would say so. And what's great about is that he's about to encounter three buffoons <laughs> and goons too. <laughs> Sharp suit too. Very sharp suit. Good said. Fa- good giant tie. Really good use of the hands. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. It's hard to fill the time. Oh, it is. We're trying to figure out what to say. He's talking about Monday Night Football. Oh yeah, actually, that's that'll be interesting too because this is the second time I've seen this. But the juxtaposition between uh, these dudes running amok on the soundstage and kind of them cutting to these ads for Monday Night Football is really fascinating. But yes, that's right. So this was something, I forgot, not not a halftime thing. Was it a halftime thing? No, they were, there was something Running about them going, to? they were on early, they were on doing a 45 minute show as opposed to an hour, I think. Right. But yeah, the juxtaposition is really telling in terms of kind of the, uh, the masculinities being paraded here. Yeah, I've always said, because I'm very smart, that um, Dick Cavett, like just slipped that in. Dick there. Cavett uh, is a guy you invite into your home, and John Cassavetes is a guy whose movie you watch in like a oh. porno theater. I said that in the first episode. Ah, I thought you were gonna say Dick Cavett is the kind of guy you invite to your home, and John Cassavetes is the kind of guy you invite to your bedroom. We should also say here that no, I mean, yeah, I'd, no, I'd, sure. I'd fuck oh, John yeah. Cassavetes. I thought we talked about the last episode. Too. Um, well, yeah, so hot. Um, we should also, you know, we're, what we're ignoring here on the screen is the. Dick Cavett was probably pretty influential in the comedy game. I mean, he's very funny. There's a Letterman-esque quality there to the is. absurdity yes. to it. It's a lot more, like, again, I keep saying it. Affable. Oh, here um, we go. We're talking about the movie. Individual aggressive He's describing animals. them as animals. He just described John Cassavetes, Ben Gazzara. 
So do you, do you think at this point he knows that they've been backstage just getting totally fucking twisted? I don't know. What's interesting here is they just gave more of a description than the movie does about itself. They say it's about men turning 40 and reconsidering their lives. I think that that's, wow, that's a hard thing to describe, right? But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Oh my goodness. Here they come. Stumbling out. Um, Gazara has a cigar, it looks like. Gazara has a has a cigar and, and a, a bourbon. Yeah. Um, he's wearing a tie. He's the b- best dressed one. John Cassavetes is not as well dressed as he should be. Well, and Peter, Peter Falk. Falk it looks like he's barely, wearing like a dad suit. It's a dad suit. <laughs> it's amazing. And Ben Gazzari is on, only on already on his feet, calling Cassavetes an animal. They're smoking. Shades, shades of raging bull. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So Cassavetes just said hi to his mom. Falk said hi to his son. And, oh no, Gazzara. So. It's great that you could see the mics. See the microphones. Yeah. They're moving between them. You, this gives you a, a sense that the expectation is that they're going to sit politely and we both know that's not going to happen. You mean them because of the mics? Yeah. Well, there's a certain like format to this thing and they're about to break it. Oh, without question. Yeah. I just thought that that was just kind of like now, a... To a come back to your next pas. question, they're not talking to him. Do, does he know how slosh they are? Do you think he knew how slosh they were? Maybe not. Uh, but I mean, I, I have a feeling there's there's definitely... There has to be some sort of pre-game communication maybe not that he knows that they were slosh but that they were having a good time right totally i think that has to be true right like i think he is well did it also did they because cassavetes probably did but do you think gazar and falk had reputations of being like bad boys i don't really know i mean they're they're all they're all pretty well regarded actors at this point and they're working a lot and you know hollywood this sort of predates that 1970s Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda right. kind of vibe. Like they're sort of like the original sort of bad boys. Um and already it's gotten adversarial. They're not talking he just to just said, yeah, I hope they show your movie interrupted by deodorant commercials. Yeah, which is pretty It's pretty, a great line. Yeah. So there's this weird power play, like there's almost like a bad cop, bad cop, bad cop vibe <laughs> to the whole thing. Well, they're bullying him. They, they really are. Yeah, they're they're bullying him, but they're doing it in like a... We're trying to watch and talk at the same time here. Sorry, we were saying they're bullying him, but... But there's a... What's worse than the bullying is the kind of like, oh, and John Cassavetes does his first pratfall. The first pratfall. So... They're bullying him, but they're also just making it hard for him to do his show. They've just cut to a commercial. Ooh, during this commercial, let's ignore the commercials let's and talk a little bit more about... Although I do also think there's something fascinating, sorry, about the commercials in terms of them being yeah, they're very, part of this time capsule. They're very specific to the period. But go ahead. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really... When I saw this for the first time years ago, I thought it was really funny because it's funny to watch high status because there's a whole status low status high status thing here and i think um uh, dick cavett has the effortless ability to make everyone look foolish but he can't find his way around these guys because they're cleverly i don't know it's hard to describe they're doing That's interesting. there's do, like when you're that much of when you have nothing to lose 
and we'll come back to this, but it feels like they walked into this interview not giving a shit. And that gives oh, you a kind of power question. and probably was completely unacceptable from a media perspective at this time. You didn't jockey life. <laughs> Who says underwear has to be dull? Sorry. I thought we were going to ignore it. the group. I couldn't ignore that. So it's funny you should say that too because uh, today I was randomly reading something um, and I forgot who the author is, but there was... Was it the John Cassavetes? Encyclopedia? Yeah. Or? No, it was not actually. It was, it was, a, it was a review um, in the magazine N Plus One. Do you know N Plus One? No, I don't. It's a literary magazine, but they also kind of review films and they have a really excellent review critic. I forgot what her name is, but I'm, I apologize for drawing a blank. But anyway, at some point... I only point, read the Brooklyn Rail... <laughs> Oh, this is so, so, so. There are a lot of commercials and they only have single shots here. Anyways, continue about N plus one. I was about to bash the Brooklyn Rail. Not that I know anything about the Brooklyn Rail. Have you ever read it? No. Mm, you'd like I'm it. A You're a big Marxist, right? I am a big Marxist, yeah. Yeah, I think you'd be into it. So I was reading this review. Mm-hmm. Of what? I, it, it was just basically about how shitty kind of uh, the review industry is now, especially kind of like Rotten Tomatoes and how yeah. much kind of it's like how many, how high stakes it is. But also how it kind of there's like no stakes involved at all. But they quoted Cassavetes at some point, basically, who said like I could give a like of, care a less about entertainment. About, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting also to think about it in respect to this, where obviously it is kind of entertaining in a train wreck sort of way. But also they don't want to perform. Well, I'll tell you this. He doesn't want to be like a prank monkey. I'll tell you what I think. Th- I'll t- let me tell you what I think. It's the one of the most appealing things about John Cassavetes is that he's sort of the, the the great image of the like provocateur, the great image of the the truth teller, the great image of like the guy who doesn't give a fuck, like the artist, but also it's so manufactured at the same time. Totally. Like, whether it's general or not, like I think that a lot of, we talked about this before, but like a lot of ink has been spent on John Cassavetes, the movie maker, but not enough time has been has spent on the image of John Cassavetes as like the, the cinema rebel, the outlaw hmm. kind of thing, where it's like, I think he believed everything he said. And there's actually an incredible moment in this that I forgot about where he talks about what the movie is supposed to mean. This movie in particular. With husbands. And it's incredibly progressive. It's incredibly progressive minded. But at the same time, he's like acting out toxic garbage for 40 minutes with his two like bro-y co-stars. Is this when he... This isn't... uh, Or he calls it like the film about comedy and, and... What is it? Like comedy and love and life or something? Yeah. So, so he's, he's just, just staring at <laughs> Dick Cabot. Cabot as they're trying to talk about his film. This reminds me of when I went on Conan O'Brien and I was just smoking all the time. And yeah, he that was, was weird. And he was like, dude, stop Especially because that was smoking. six months ago. Yeah. Why were you on that show? Just totally randomly. Weird. If, so now they're talking about... They thought it was another George Fragopoulos. So he's really trying to create a conversation here and, and Ben Gazzara is Pretending fall just asleep. falling asleep. And then he's... So and what he I love about this moment is it reminds me of the terrible, terrible... Ter- ter- oh, yeah, yeah. Where Ben Gazzara is chanting. So he, he got up and he screamed, watch this film, it's the greatest and now film he's ever. And he's dancing. So Dick Cavett was trying when they came back from the commercial break. He said something like, let's start over again. But clearly these guys are only in it for... <laughs> One reason. That was, cool, that was a great to, dance, though. It was not bad. It was not bad. Two things will, yeah. G- G- ben Gazar will always dance, and Liam Billingham will always sing. 
I dream. See? Um, but I have to say something that that I think. It, oh, oh fall number two. Fall number two. John Although Cassavetes. this one was kind of weak, I only give that a five. So it's interesting five. because if you look at the dynamic here, Peter Falk just seems to be chill at this moment. He does, yeah. Even though I think you know how we were talking about in the Faces episode, you always there's always a guy that you think is the worst in a John Cassavetes movie, and then there's the guy that's actually the worst. Correct. I secretly think Peter Falk is like the baddest cop. Uh, is he the one that takes off his shoes first? I think so. We'll get there. But right now, Peter Falk's facing away. Ben Gazzara has danced. And Cavett, it looks like they're all, they're trying to bring him into the conversation. Cavett is. Yeah. Now, how do you think Cavett's feeling here? We're, we're, let's say eight minutes into the interview. I th- I mean I think he's he knows it's clearly going off the and rails. It's live. It's live. Yeah. Oh, oh, there we go. So. Oh, so so Peter Falk just flash leg. So he's asking about the improvisation in the film. Well, it's very meta, too, because obviously that's exactly what's happening right. on the set. Yeah, did we improvise the film? And no one will give a straight answer. And Gazar's chomping on the cigar. And no one's talking. They're all doing the same, sitting the same way. So I was like, this is why the film might seem long sometimes. Films. So do you feel like, I mean, what so the hell is going on here? Like, seriously, what the hell? Well, they're drunk. Like. Right. Yeah. But, but, but. I think, I think again, they thought it would be a lark to go out there and kind of perform versions of their characters from husbands. Right. As if they're kind of still on this on this bender, but I, but I think also, but not in a kind of obviously they don't say like, hey, we're in character, right? I mean, you think that's part of it. I also totally. wonder if like there's a little bit of this like anti comedy vibe to it. Oh, without question. And, yeah. and this this we go to the second commercial break with them with a little more chilled out than they had been. They're a little calmer because it gets crazier, doesn't it? it gets, I, I think it gets seeing, a little bit crazy. I don't think I ever saw the entire thing, but I saw most of it. You haven't seen the entire. I know thing. I'm so behind. Um, I feel like it, it can be hard to track while we're talking about it, while we're watching it. But ooh, whatever happened to Anison? I think it's still around. Is it? I don't know. I've never. I don't. I th- I thought so. <laughs> Relaxes the tension as it relieves the pain. Mm, fascinating. Have you ever um, been in a situation where which cavit is in where you feel like you're the butt of a joke and you can't escape it, especially I, with have men? Have you met me before? Well, especially with men. Not though, me, right? dude. Like, I'm so fucking alpha. You are really, really alpha. But you know what I mean? Like that sort of feeling. It's like being bullied in high school. Like that feeling yes. of like, oh, I don't have control over this situation. Totally. Yeah. Or also the being in the situations where you're with people who are on the thin edge uh, between like madness and uh, sanity. And at any given moment, you're like, this could either be a fun time or somebody's going to really get hurt. What do you mean? Just you know, there's like a certain kind of palpable tension in the air, right? And there's oh wait, like there a little Gazzard bit of a just threat took off to his, it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, just took he's off pulling his, his shoes off. His shoe and pulled up. Ironically, his. if you were to pull off, like, if a man were to pull up his pant leg on a show right, like now, it would be like a sexy thing. It would be like so weirdly treated. Well, don't you think he's trying to play it like that? I mean, obviously in a joking kind of manner. Yeah, of course. But I guess I mean like, 
it's there's really nothing worse in the world than feeling like you're being humiliated by a group of people. Like I sympathize so heavily with Dick Cavett during this thing because like he's probably getting flashbacks. He's like kind it's, of a he's he's a sort of like less like he's the kind of guy that probably has always been this way which is kind of affable and fun slightly like for lack of a better word with a feminine quality and he's being mercilessly badgered by these three guys and he probably became successful people like this get places because they like learn how to use humor to diffuse stuff and this is like an undiffusable situation if that's a word so earlier today i sent you that link to the new yorker piece uh, right, my worst it, show ever. Yeah, I was Kavik recollecting this show. And interestingly enough, he said that he just felt bad for them. He was embarrassed for them. At the end um, of it or during? I can't well, remember. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know. We if, should put that in the show we notes. We should put that in the show notes. But it's interesting because while that's unfolding. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, yeah, yeah, sir. This is where it says He's talking about the film. So we're not going to talk for this section because I think it's worth absorbing this moment. So there are these that there's these there's this weird sprinkling throughout of seriousness, like yeah, Cassavetes every so often. Well, and we're, it's the moment that I'm thinking of was not that, but there's a real moment coming up that's interesting where all of a sudden he gets serious about what the film is about. You mean other than that moment? Yeah. Sorry, we were talking about... What's Gazar doing with his foot? Now I can't quite He's playing talk. with his toes. So it goes from the serious thing about a conversation about the film dealing with death, and now Ben Gazar is cleaning his feet, and it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> Unless you're a foot fetish enthusiast, I'm just saying. And now Cass... That's putting his sock back on. This really is kind of like a Cassavetes movie, isn't oh, it? Oh, without question. You know, because I was... Because, again, you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And also, like, it all feels very intentioned. Like re- I was, you know, thinking about faces recently and how like that movie is doing whatever it plans to do whenever it plans to do it. It's not really that imp- it's improvised, but what kind of conversations do you think they had before they did this? I've They've m- just finished making this movie together. Like they're probably well, on a, a different kind of wavelength. That's what I was gonna say too. I also think oh, here's another oh, almost a profile. Fake profile. I also. I think, think that other Ben Gazzara prank fall and Cassavetti's. John Cassavetti's prank fall and the drummer was on the beat on that oh. one. Fuck does not want to go down. Can you fucking imagine being? Dick oh, Cameron? he just wrestles in that. Oh, and then Gazzara jumps on him. This is very broy, a little homoerotic. Of course, I think. But what I was about to say is, like, I think you're also, even though obviously they're acting like dicks, buffoons. I think you're also seeing. Three men who just really love each other's company, and that's a beautiful. That's yeah. be- that's a beautiful thing. I think know? it's and then the cabinet's running away, and think that there's, uh, yeah, think just really high, highly of one another. And for the rest of us, it feels like an exercise in self indulgence a little bit, which is interesting also because it goes I think on for forty fucking minutes. If this were if this minutes. were a ten minute. Thing, well, one thing that I think great. is really amazing about husbands is that like. We talk a lot about bromances and like in a way Husbands is the original bromance movie, which is like mm. kind of a marketing kind of pattern to speak. But um, it's funny you should say that, too, because when I think of a bromance, I think about um, uh, the Magnificent Ambersons, which we'll talk about probably in the future, maybe oh, someday. Maybe. But yeah. um, by the way, I was totally spoiler, kidding. spoiler. I was totally kidding about the Magnificent Ambersons. Oh, really? I've never actually bromance. seen it. Oh, you haven't? No, I've, I'm so 
I'm is very. There, is there a table I could overturn? Uh, sorry, <laughs> I don't. Discuss. I haven't. Well, maybe we'll talk about Orson Welles in a future edition of the maybe. Parkers. I'm just saying. Um, but no, really. Like, do you do you feel like? Do you feel like I feel like part of the reason that this this clip appeals to me is because I grew up with men that related to each other by making fun of each other, like uh, Irish Catholics totally. from Boston. I don't know if it's similar. Greek Americans Greek as Ameri- well. Yeah, so it's like part of the appealing thing about this interview and husbands is that they they express their love for one another through a, like a abiding sort of giving each other a hard time. True, but primarily they're shitting on Cabot. They obviously Which is what makes this more problematic to me. It's, so it's like it's like the bros in gym class making fun of like the kid they think the is nerd. queer or whatever yeah, to yeah. like use a term. Ooh, Ooh Stanley, Stanley Kramer, Kramer reference. Probably when he was making Too Late Blues. Uh, it wasn't Too Late Blues. It was Child of Waiting. I'm sorry, Child is Waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Another uh, is it? I'm sorry. Is it prank? It's a pratfall. Pratfall. Yes, exactly. Pratfall. Pratt Something just fell off the table. It looked like it might have been a packet of cigarettes. Oh, so at this moment we're ten minutes in. I think we're about ten minutes in, and maybe a little more. Twenty, 20 minutes yeah. in, and Cassie uh, Cavett asks, and they're all smashed. It's amazing how long it takes to get to that. Well, I think Cavett's losing his cool too. He looks like he's losing his cool. Wouldn't you lose your cool? Wait, he did. He did just run off the set and come back. Can we have a quick broy moment? Who's uh, your favorite sure. husband and husbands? <laughs> I thought we agreed that it was Gazara. Oh, it's well, yeah. I didn't know if maybe you had a different opinion, but I think Ben Gazara is about as cool as it gets. Well, when I first saw it, I was real. I think Fox. Perf- I mean, they're all like amazing. They're all amazing. It's I think it's kind of silly to be like, oh, he, one's better than the other, but. They all have their their moments. Can I ask you a question? Does this Please. make you want to watch the movie again? Uh, I can wait. It makes me want to watch it like right <laughs> now. Yeah, it really does. We'll get maybe the first hour and then bail out after that. Yeah, as that's we've probably discussed true. In our husband's episode. But I think it's. I think it's you know there's there's know there's why. something else that's being suggested here which is really interesting which is like, couldn't you see. Any of these three guys, but particularly maybe Cassavetes and Gazzara, being like amazing clowns. Like, like, couldn't you see? Ah. Couldn't you see like? Well, sad clowns or sad clowns, but even like, couldn't you see them doing Shakespeare, like doing the clowns in Shakespeare really effectively, like oh, the a grave feste dig- in Twelfth Night diggers? or the Grave Digger or like? I mean, I think Ben. I'm probably he did do it. I think Ben Gazzara would be like a crazy King Lear fool or whatever the case might be. You know, just this like, they're all over the place. They're playing mind games. They're kind of challenging being strange did Cassavetes do any theater that's interesting yeah um oh yeah a ton of theater, ton of theater right? um well when we get to opening night we'll talk more about it but like ah, that's they right, yeah. did do he i think he died working on a couple plays hmm. so now fuck is at the front of the stage and he seems to talking be... about what the picture's about ah okay again oh there Cassavetes. and he's about to go up on john <laughs> Oof. At least the band knows what to do. So, so they so interestingly, <laughs> Cassavetes lifts Peter Falk up onto his shoulders, and they cut to uh, a commercial. A c- or oh, that's Dick Cavett at the center, though. And they're back. Unfortunately, happy we're back. Ooh, women's lib. Okay, so let's. So he just apologizes. Shift. A little bit. 
We call them a good sport. I don't know if apology is the word. I said we were clowning around a bit. And Ben Gazzara kisses him. And we're back. Kind of. Where so we're look at how so. embarrassed DeCavett is in that moment. Like it's. I think it's adorable. So cute. What did he just say? I don't know. Should I back it up? No. No. Who has time for that? So this is kind of a quiet moment. I don't know. It's kind of nice. It's the women's eye of the lip. storm. So women's lip. Cavett just asked him if they had any fun. They're watching it, George. They oh, sorry. You should probably watch it once and then watch with the commentary. Of course. But they're talking about sort of about making the movie. Like things have settled down a little bit. <laughs> it really I mean laughing his ass you know I feel like sometimes you spend some time sort of thinking about how terrible this is but it's also pro like incredible TV like this oh, is killer course. TV can you imagine if you're watching it live oh my god because you probably had never seen anything like this also there was a time when these guys would have been on a mainstream television show talking about a movie that's completely impenetrable yes from like a certain perspective right as a historical document it's also interesting for that very reason right Talking about friendship. So again, this uh, husband's was seventy or seventy-one. Seventy. Seventy. What's interesting here is that seven years before Ben Gazzara is talking about the, f the first or second, <laughs> the first or second conversation they ever had, which was Wait. across a parking lot. Gazzara was like, "I want you." I mean, Casavetes was like, "I want you to do a picture." I mentioned Star Wars also just because it obviously kind of inaugurates the modern Hollywood. Well, I would say system. Jaws does, Jaws, sorry. if you really want to play that game. Sorry. Which was a year before? Same 76, year? 76, yeah, 76. Yeah. But, so so yeah, I mean, at th this point, it's, you know, I don't know if people are necessarily, I don't think this film made any money. I think it was actually kind of a Oh, bomb. of course, yeah. I didn't think it made any money at all. But I'm just saying, as far as, as you said, to just have these three great actors on a show talking about what with like is, a with like a TV intellectual, like a TV yeah, and right before Monday Night Football, <laughs> no <laughs> that's less, true, is indicative, I think, of the time. Well, and we've talked a little bit about Cassavetti's maybe influencing on on influence on Matt Weiner. Is it Weiner or Weiner? Uh, I believe I don't know Weiner, the guy who does Weiner. Mad Men and oh, uh, yeah. the Romanovs. Um, does the Romanovs as well? Yeah, he does the Romanovs. That's his Not show. Either. Um, did I oh wait did I, but can I can I plug my um my Romanoff uh recap show a podcast <laughs> it's called the Bromanoffs oh the Bromanoffs <laughs> that's amazing I love <laughs> it me and my bros get together and talk about the Romanoffs <laughs> we just get to me and Steve and Kyle we get together and we talk about <laughs> the Bromanoffs <laughs> there's a Chad in there too it's really good Chad how's Chad oh he's doing well um we're we're lacrosse I totally love my great. train of thought but. The, the Matt, kind of men behaving badly quality of this is probably like I bet yeah Matt, well, I'm like well we talked know, about that with kind of the the Draper connection. right but and I feel like you know there was a self awareness do you think that these guys are self we've talked about this a lot but how self aware are, are they mm, again it's hard to say they're well we should come back to that Dick Cavett at the end we should save the rest of that, that there's definitely story again there's definitely a critique of it 
But in the film, is there? Yeah, of course. I don't think you could watch the watch that film and be like, these guys are just heroes. Yeah, no, that's true. But then you watch this interview and you wonder, like, well, how how self aware are they? I think to my to my perspective. Well, again, there's those moments where kind of Cassavetes sobers up and kind of either like apologizes or like right. oh, let's talk about the film. And we're about to see one of those, I think. I also like that they're smoking. All the time. Just nonstop. All the time. <laughs> I would not mind seeing Orson Welles on the Dick Cavett show. I I'll send you the I have the I yeah, have that, the, one that one bookmarked. I just saved Dick Cavett episodes. No, but it's available online. That would explain um, your Dick Cavett back tattoo. My 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 Cavatoo. Oh oh, very clever. No, well played. There, there sir. seems well to played. be like a sprinkling of of real. Well, right now, yeah. I mean, he just said something actually legitimately interesting about Orson, Orson Welles. Welles. How quickly will it go down? <laughs> yeah, that's the real question. And any more pratfalls. Who do you think the most handsome husband is? I, I think it's greed. It's fucking Cassavetes. I think it might be Ben Gazzara. I no, think Ben Gazzara stop. is better looking than John Cassavetes. Better, really? be, better hair on Cassavetes. Better, okay. better suit wearing capabilities. Um, do you see the suit that Ben Gazzara is wearing, dude? Got ben Gazzara wears a better suit. Gazzara than John definitely Cassavetes. has nicer feet. That's yeah, for but sure. also like Cassavetti's socks have nothing to do like his socks and his pants don't match. Like Ben Gazzara like thought. But it look through. at that really cool thin tie. Okay, the thin tie, fine, but everyone has that doesn't define that like generally in the one? morning was like John, put on a thin tie. Um He's the only one uh conscious enough to wear that killer fucking tie. I don't which know. I just also realized. Are we that also discounting Peter Falls? Tarant- like, I just Tarant- got out of bed look. Yes, Sorry, to Tarantino. The Tarantino totally ripped that look off for reservoir dogs. Goes back to the the Casavetti's thin tie. Oh, I'm calling it right now. There's a big. It's a big moment. So yeah, this is something we've talked about before about how um, sympathetic his films are to kind of outsiders or to those who are marginalized, mm-hmm. those who are rejected. It's interesting to t- for him to talk about in terms of fear. There was a... I plan on talk about this in a later episode, but... So there's a little bit of like a men's and, rights quality and women there. too though men women too but it but it but which is which is really great and but there's a for Ladies like about a half second too. where you're like and then you realize like he's actually a little more woke than we've when maybe we've given him well again don't get me wrong I mean I think yes yeah, to read that also in a sympathetic way I think it's also just a critique of institutional structures for example like let's say marriage which we've talked about with yeah faces. Where people get sucked into. And obviously would rather not be in those kind of institutions. And this is a guy that was married for a long time and with the same woman. And I don't know if he was a, like I know, a philanderer really or a cheater. About but that. 
I'm really curious. Um, about but that. like, I think was pretty devoted to his to his wife. You know, there's a series of I tweets. Booked, that I we booked should... Jenna Rollins for the next episode, by the way. So we can just ask her. Oh, I'm I'm busy for the next episode. Oh, just, Sorry, I don't know if it's gonna work. Interview her no, but there was a series own. of tweets put out on on John Cassavetes' birthday. What's a tweet? Um, there was a series of tweets put out, and um. I think, you know, one like thing Cassavetti is in this, <laughs> this recording right now. And I retweeted one of them because and I forget who it was by and I apologize because I'm going to talk about you on Twitter, but that she made the point of like he really dug into other people's points of views. And so in a weird way, Husbands is sort of a disparate film in his con- in his filmography in the sense that like because it's it probably is. the closest to who he is. It's very but focused. then, you know, immediately after this, you have Minion Moskowitz, which is very different, like, which feels deals with, in very interesting and quiet ways, the Judaism, the Jews. Like, there's a little bit of the Jewish thing in that, the Judaism. And there's a little bit of the, there's a little, it's also like the movie that gives Jenna Rollins the most perspective. And then the film he would make after that is Women Under the Influence, which is like radically departs from, from, the, from the sort of, uh, images that he's created and so it's you know when you when we started talking about this before we started to watch the films i really think we were largely and i sort of see that this this moment this this conversation about this film is a little bit of like a a marker in the longer trajectory of the thing because i feel like we've spent a lot of time being like oh he made uh, husbands it's a little bro-y etc etc but he's a little more self-aware than maybe I gave him credit for being, which is nice because, but I do feel like maybe some of that is lost on the fanage that spend a lot of time. Like I've always associated him with things that are depressing and sad and not like the heavy shit that you see in the art house cinema, et cetera. But there's a lot more like buoyancy and a lot more kind of like humor in what he's, there's what, a lot of humor, right? Especially like, you know, last film we talked about was I mean, many Moscow. Yeah, and there's a lot of humor in husbands too. Um, so we're, we're 33 minutes in. We've got a couple more minutes. Nearing the end. But again, also, we missed it here, but at some point he did also reiterate that tagline about the film about it being comedy. Which it is. I think it's a comedy. I mean, it's the second hour of it isn't ha 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 ha, but it's, but it's a funny thing. They're funny moments, certainly. But this is also like one of those moments where you think about, like, are they buying into the bullshit? Like, I feel a lot. I, I found yeah, out I'm more alive. The language is very cliche, right? <laughs> yeah, than I've ever been. Well, it makes you think a little bit about like, you watch a film like Faces, which I think is the sort of the, the best reference point for this, and like, how much of it is perf- like one of the great things with him is how much his performance, how much is he letting the actors just do their thing, like you can think that it's self-indulgent or whatever the case might be. And like actors have now learned to talk about things in like a very specific way. But like you watch this and like there, there's a cliche qual to it, but like you don't, I don't necessarily think that Peter Falk is bullshitting no, his way through this. But he, but it's also funny because he kind of catches himself and not laughs, but he could tell like everybody else laughs. But do you think he laughs because he's embarrassed he, or that? He, I th- well, no, I don't think he's embarrassed. I think mean, cause he just also realizes a bit kind of, 
there's an affect and performativity to like he's he's aware that he's delivering lines interesting because i think that that's a you know academic folks will talk a lot about the perform performativity of a cassavetes film yeah um which is you know but it's also that's interesting yeah performativity or performance in general but not in a it's not like brechtian yeah that, like a distance. The estrangement effect right where somebody like the actors like look into the camera and like or right or can make exaggerated make you aware of their performance correct yeah that's true which again which is what's interesting also about this in the sense of to what degree are they again performing these kind of characters that they were in husbands because again there are these moments of sobriety or just pure like uh, maybe uh earnest clarity clarity i don't know if maybe it's clarity is there such a thing as clarity in a John Cassavetes universe? I'm not so sure there oh, is. Oh, that's deep. Thank you. But I really think that, like, it is, it is, you know, to come back to, we could spend all our time on Cassavetes, but we the are. Cabot, we are. <laughs> We're spending literally so much fucking time on John Cassavetes, but the Cabot, um, again, it's like that feeling of being bullied, that feeling of being, like, not in on the joke is really um and, they, and that's sort of disappeared here um a little bit you know they've calmed down a little bit um but it must be pretty humiliating even though i think you may you think of the moment sure i think so or maybe i don't know maybe to so again to a professional he knows ac- what he's doing according to that new yorker piece which again we'll post or post the link we'll to be in the notes cavett said that once they walked off stage the producer of the film said to them like, uh, yeah, yeah something like you guys just unsold a whole bunch of tickets for your movie and the other thing and that's they were in that they were embarrassed they, they looked were like horrified. they looked like yeah that they were um he described them as being kind of looking like kids who had just been yelled at well the other thing apparently that's interesting about that is that the they abc then something wait can we find out what the abc sunday night movie is going to be oh yeah let's find out and i think that's it is that the end of it did we just miss the I end i think we'll find out Ooh, the brotherhood. brotherhood! I love the Brotherhood. Oh, it's a classic. So these are TV movies? No, that's not from a. Oh, that's a different. Ooh, movie. the Long Ride Home. That man just stepped on the woman's foot. Love. Wow, God! Any, I don't remember. I've never heard Tony, Tony Rome. Rome with Frank Sinatra. We have to watch all these films now. Yeah, the next Uber Buster <laughs> season is this evening of ABC Sunday's Sunday Night Series. Oh, there's so many. I've not heard Hurry of Monesty Blase. I remember that. No Way Out. The Blue Max. Oh, they're repeating titles now. Oh, they are. Yeah, I guess there's only 10. The Queller Memorandum. Waterhole number three. So, in conclusion. Yes. Well, no, we, we can we can talk. Okay, so I think it's over. We've talked over this. Uh, ooh, football. Um, American football. <laughs> football Americano. <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, yeah, they apparently spent every time they saw Dick Cavett for the next 20 years, they, just they apologized. all apologized, which is, you know, pretty interesting to think about. That was sort of the end of their, well, I'm sure once they saw themselves on screen, they realized the depths of their Lunacy. But then what do we, what do you know? It's a good question about like what you want from your, cause you know, not to be that guy, but like I despise 
Jimmy Fallon show with it's the so fire of a thousand thun- suns because like you know uh, depending on what you want from your late night tv like i miss the letterman days where i felt like he'd blow up a car or like whatever the case might be like i don't know uh, late night tv feels so safe now and i i don't mean that i try not to mean that in some kind of annoying and we're back white dude like oh where's the risk taking because of course there are really interesting (laughs) things going on on late night tv but um so now Cavett's saying goodnight to them. I just feel like there is a real sort of funny risk to this. And like the format was a lot more limited in terms of the technology. You really could only have people talk to each other at this point. There wasn't like Correct. the ability to have a, mo- a r- remote camera crew or whatever else. So now I want to shop at J. I Press. kind of, you know, it would be nice if you still had the feeling that even though the wacky things that happen on TV shows didn't feel scripted. Like I recently watched a clip of, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell singing Reunited uh, because they're doing that new Sherlock Holmes movie together. And like, sure, it was funny and whatever. And like, I, lo- I watched John C. Riley and Will Ferrell do anything together, but it's like, it's so pre-planned and whatever else that it doesn't feel like, like we all accept that everything is pre-planned now, where it's like, there's clearly a random, unpredictable well, quality so, to this. And it's very rare that anything's uh, um, screen live. Right. Which is obviously also... Well, everyone wa- doesn't... I don't think people are watching the clips day of anymore. Totally. Yeah. But again, I think... I, uh, you know, is there risk-taking anymore? I mean, I, f- I don't know. It's it's a... it's a. Well, that's also yeah, a very d- limited I think term. totally correct. But I, th- also, I, I totally agree with you that, for the most part, na- uh, late-night television is kind of a wasteland. Yeah, and, and it I is still so, again, scripted and planned. planned. They know what the questions are before. Like, you got to wonder how much time... Cavett would spend planning beforehand. I mean, he probably didn't need to, you know, go too deep into it with his guests. But, but that's what I'm saying. He definitely met up with them if briefly right before. You think so? Yeah. Because he knew that There's they no were way. waste No, I just think like that's the kind of like the regular thing to do. You'd like meet your guests. You wouldn't just meet them totally cold. You'd probably like meet them maybe like sometimes half hour, pe- an hour sometimes before. hosts meet them cold. You think so? It happens sometimes. I think. I mean, it depends on the. The importance of the clip. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was on, was on again when I was on. Conan, I was on Conan one day before you, and <laughs> and I found that um, we didn't really have time to meet up before because I was so busy. <laughs> Way to block my Conan joke. Yeah. Well, Conan blocker. Conan blocker. Conan blocker. Conan blocker. That sounds. Um. Well, there's a lot we could talk about with this thing, but it's over now. Boo. Um, any. Any parting, thoughts? Yeah. Go watch the Magnificent Ambersons. Me. Just everybody, because it's fucking amazing. I'm sure it's good, but... I haven't seen it in a very long time. Did you buy the Blu-ray? I did not buy the Blu-ray. On on my salary. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed us talking our way through this thing. Um, It was a bit all over the place, but then again, so is the thing that you're seeing, and we'll be back. We definitely didn't script anything, that's for sure. We definitely didn't script it, and we have been... Well, we we had one polite drink whilst we were actually you had like four are you okay i'm fine yeah i'm walking I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Like a my, ba- my back pain's gone um your back pain's gone totally that's great so we're gonna we're gonna end this now uh we'll be back next week with next week yeah next week yeah next week yeah with mini no yeah mini and moskowitz which we already recorded why are you or did we? did we da, 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 da. I knew you would, I knew you would sing. Um, I'm um, just forgot I'm Liam Billingham. Bye. Bye. Bye.
crime, Thomas Merton. You guys, it's really been one of the most interesting evenings of my life, I must say. Some of it was a pain in the... but it was pleasant. And just, would you promise me one thing? Would you go do the same things to Griffin and Carson? <laughs> we'll, we'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you.